Hello, and welcome to Spilling the Milk, the podcast where we have real conversations about what it's really like to breastfeed a baby. Today, my guest is Carolyn LaPan. Carolyn and I met at a local holistic networking group that we both attend regularly and where we both draw lots of inspiration and have made some great connections. We clicked right away. Clearly, our missions to support the health and wellness of women align in many ways, and Carolyn is a contributor to our Breastfeeding Bootcamp curriculum. It is a treat to talk to her today, not only about her own experience as a mom and with breastfeeding her first baby, but also now that she has all of this knowledge from her functional nutrition practice, when she looks back, what kind of advice can she give to new moms based in what she knows now? Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Carolyn. Carolyn, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe start back with when you were first breastfeeding your first child. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here. Um, my name is Carolyn LaPan, and I am a master's level psychologist, and I am a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner. So um, I look at everything from nutrition to lifestyle, and I work a lot with women and um, hormone balance and with gut health issues and longevity. So those are kind of the three areas that I like to focus on. Um, And really helping women is close and dear to my heart. So my experience, oh, and I'm also a mom. Um, add that to the resume. So I have two kids. I have a boy and a girl. My daughter will be 17 in a couple months and my son is 14. So um, I have learned a lot being a mom and going back to when I was breastfeeding my daughter, my firstborn, um, there was a lot of unknowns. I felt like I tried to read all the books and the articles and, you know, talk to other moms and I was open to everything. And I still felt personally, I still felt kind of unprepared. Um, so with her, um, I remember, you know, being in the hospital and working on breastfeeding, my milk did come in right away. So they, um, they, maybe you'll know the name of this, but it's like that little tube that they put. So there was like a little bit of formula, but then the, they're latched and sucking. Mm-hmm. So to get the, um, you know, the first colostrum out. So. <laughs> so the baby was still practicing the latch, but the nourishment was coming from the formula in this little tube that was yeah. like over your shoulder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it was like a combination of both of those things. And then my milk was coming in and everything was gravy and good. And so, um, and then we came home and for me, it was painful mm-hmm. that, you know, with her and I would be holding her and she looked very relaxed and peaceful and you know she's latched she's sucking she's drinking she's swallowing she's just like calm and i was feeling very tense so um you were tense because of the pain yeah it was painful for me and um i you know again i go back to like the literature and the data what am i doing (laughs) so um 
we went back to the doctor for a checkup like you do, you know, after the first couple days. And um, they noticed the frenulum under her tongue was really close to the tip of her tongue. And so they thought that that would be part of the problem. Like she's she's sucking hard and that, that was a tongue tie yeah like exactly yeah that's what it was yeah, yeah mm-hmm. tongue tie yeah it's it's the frenulum that little strip of skin underneath so um right then and there they did a snip and it was a hundred times better so that was something that i had no idea was a thing um i didn't know why it was hurting was it me was it her was it you know whatever the case but um that was something that I wasn't told about, you know, in the hospital or from my doctor. And um, so having had some education before um, as like this could be something that's, you know, comes up, I think, you know, could have saved me <laughs> a lot of discomfort. So, um, yeah, but sure. after, yeah, and it's not like we want to tell everyone Watch out, your baby might have a tongue tie, but just know this happens to a handful of people mm-hmm. and say something rather than um, just grit, literally gritting your teeth. I was literally every, gritting yeah. my teeth. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was very painful. So if if anyone experiences something like that, like you said, it's important to mention that because like I said, it wasn't brought up to me as a possibility. So when I raised it as an issue, then, you know, I was, I understood what was going on. But um, again, being a new mom and sleep deprived and hormones and in pain and just like, what's, what am I doing here? So, um, and after that, uh, it was a really great experience. And that was, you know, we're talking about a week or so in. So after that, um, I did nurse her and it was it was a really good experience for both of us so I did that with her for about I think till she was um 10 months and then a couple years later I had my son and he just latched right away and it was a great experience from the beginning for both of us um and that was about a year I nursed him so Awesome. Yeah, that first week, it's funny because, like, you described all that, and you're like, yeah, all of this happened within a week. But at the time, <laughs> it feels like the longest time of your life. And what if it? Um, what if the pain never went away? You're probably thinking, I can't do right. this forever. Totally, yeah. I mean, it was because, you're right, it, it felt like a month because every two hours or so I had to go through this. And I remember um, I had a C-section, and the nurse came to my house to remove the staples. And <laughs> when she did that, I mentioned, this is, you know, I'm having a really hard time breastfeeding. And she said, let me see. And so I showed her and I'll never forget. She's like, oh, you poor thing. Like you, <laughs> I was just in rough shape. So it was, um, it was painful. And, uh, but I'm glad that I said something and I got some help because I know how important that is, you know, for her from a nutritional standpoint and then for us for bonding and things like that. So it ended up, um, like I said, it, it, it was resolved and it was a really good experience for both of us from that point on. 
Yeah, that's a happy story. I'm glad it, well, in the end, it was a happy story. I'm glad that you said something and got it addressed, and then it changed everything, Mm -hmm. and you were able to nurse for 10 months. Yeah, yeah. So if you could go back to yourself, like, you know, day two or three with that baby, like, what would you tell that person now, knowing what you know? (laughs) Um, I would say your instincts are right. Trust yourself. Keep doing what you're doing, and just talk about it to keep talking about it to people until you find you know there's obviously something wasn't right that it I just knew that it shouldn't be that painful I didn't know exactly what I mean it was my first baby so I I didn't have anything to compare it to but I just um thought you know this just is hurting me too much so um yeah just bring it up and call the doctor and it doesn't and and I waited until it was my daughter's checkup you know it wasn't like I made an appointment just for that I was like oh and by the way (laughs) you know so putting myself second and um so yeah I guess that's what my advice would be is just to um you know speak up speak up for yourself and protect yourself just like you're protecting your baby Right. If someone's in pain, you you figure it out. So, yeah, mm, that's a really good point, because, of course, we're going to speak up for our baby, but maybe yeah. not always for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and while I have you here with all of your expertise in functional nutrition, I have to ask um, if you could go back to your new mom self now, knowing everything, you know, about gut health, hormone health, um, longevity, all the, the wonderful things that you teach others about. What is some advice you'd give to your new mom self based on this new knowledge that you have? Hmm. I have a lot of knowledge now. <laughs> That's good. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so what would I give myself as a new mom? Um, I would say two things. You have no idea how important sleep is. <laughs> sleep is, um, you know, I've said it, I've said it many times that you could have the best diet in the world, but if you're not sleeping, your body needs sleep. It needs sleep for uh, blood sugar balance. It, I mean, just so many things, cognitive functioning, so many things, um, hormonal balance and and patience as a new mom you know you need patience and you need energy so um sleep is is very important um and then the other thing too would be to try your best to well now now my list expanded to three at first i said two things (laughs) that's allowed you're allowed to amend it um so sleep and if you can, I want to say exercise, but again, me sitting here with two teenagers and trying to put myself back to when I had a new baby at home, um, you know, exercise can be very difficult, number one, to fit into a, so any sort of schedule, and number two, again, going back to energy levels, right? I mean... Um, but it doesn't have to be rigid. It doesn't have to be every day, but going out and just getting a 10 minute walk by yourself, um, doing some sort of, even if it's just like 
put on some headphones and just dance for like a couple songs worth, right? I mean, just that sort of thing um, from a physical health and a mental health, I think, is just is what new moms need to just keep going, right? I mean, it's um, it's a it's a time that's so special and precious but at the same time like we know it's it can be exhausting it can be tiring it's just not it's it's so um yeah it's it's not just all laced with you know positive it's it's hard it's exhausting so um getting rest and trying to do things to to treat yourself or exercise that feels good I mean when I say the word exercise I don't mean like you have to go take a class right I mean it's just um, getting blood flowing I think is very helpful for recovery postpartum things like that um, and then I said three things so last would be nutrition <laughs> I can't I certainly can't leave that out um, it's super important to get calories in because you need three to 500 more calories a day when you're breastfeeding. So if you're not getting that in, again, that's affecting your energy level, just along the same lines when I was talking about sleep. So um, I would stick with things that are easy. If you can do smoothies with, you know, I put vegetables, I put in my smoothies, I do Um, peanut butter I do cinnamon I do like a whole mix of things I do um, you know if you can get a protein shake in once a day that would be great Uh, and then just something easy like steamed vegetables it doesn't have to be anything overly complicated but trying to get in healthy fats uh, an adequate amount of protein I mean I, I would say nothing's I mean Sugar and highly processed foods are, you know, never beneficial Mm -hmm. for the body. Um, But as far as the macronutrients, I would say nothing's off the table. Like I would not be, I would not be counting calories. I would not be avoiding carbs. I would not be doing any of those things um, as a new mom. But just to go back to the carbs thing, um, could you explain maybe an example of a carb that you would avoid because it would like spike spike blood sugar and leave you uh-huh. with less energy or a carb that you would recommend because it would give you more of a sustained energy. Sure. So carbs that um, are short-lived and um, have that spike that you're talking about would be something like a bagel, right? I mean, it's quick, it's easy, uh, it's popular. <laughs> <laughs> and they can taste good sometimes. However, um, it's something that would most definitely spike your blood sugar and then you would crash after that. And that's applicable to anyone at any stage. So um, if you do have something like that, I would have it with a cream cheese or with a peanut butter or pair it with something else or like salmon and lox or... Um, that sounds delicious I, right now. <laughs> I, I had like a small lunch. I'm like, okay, that sounds like lunch number two. Yeah, I actually had that earlier today. So I, that's why I thought of it. Um, so with some capers, it was really good. Mm. So I would I would pair it with something like that. Um, and then, you know, your fruits can be carbs too, like bananas, you know, are carbs. I wouldn't, I would never avoid those. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean meals that are are that are all carbs. So like just a bagel for breakfast or just pizza or a dish of spaghetti with garlic bread. Like those are all, that's just all carbs. So uh, if you have, say, spaghetti, maybe put some meat in the sauce or some chicken uh, on the you know, side. So those would be um, much better options to pair it with a protein. Yeah, that makes sense. That's helpful. And I know, I mean, in that stage of life, the more convenient, the better. So I honestly think a really wonderful gift for a new mom would be a subscription service to like a healthy smoothie delivery or, um, you know, protein shakes or uh, like I do those factor meals sometimes. I do too. Yeah. Yeah, And those are, it's like whole foods. They're delicious. Like I would eat those meals at a restaurant and there's usually healthy fats, protein, and some carbs. So th- I think that might be my go-to now um, when someone has a baby. I'll just ask, like, would you like some meals at the ready? Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, you're grabbing what's convenient, which may not be the healthiest choice. Right. Right. Yeah. What's convenient, what's quick. You're not giving much thought into it. You're probably already hungry or somehow depleted when you're making that decision. So, uh, you know, when things start to settle down then we work on meal planning and and but at the time i love that idea having meals delivered and yeah i do those factor meals and they're non-gmo no antibiotics you know i mean really really good healthy grass-fed meats and they have um you know mediterranean i mean whatever you're looking for Mm -hmm. but um, even vegan options i think or at least vegetarian Mm -hmm. Um, and factor is not a sponsor of this (laughs) podcast but if they would like to be i would welcome them because we're giving them free airtime right now yeah they're great Um, but yeah, more importantly, um, just finding what's going to work for your family, or at least nowadays we have grocery delivery. Um, so, you know, while you're feeding the baby in one arm, you could almost be on your phone on shipped or Instacart ordering healthy groceries. So having a good idea about, um, you know, what types of foods would be good right now, uh, I think is still helpful. And even if you're, you know, ordering groceries that way. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. That wasn't around 17 years ago (laughs) for me. So uh, that is a great point. And just being able to get deliveries a couple times a week, right? So you can just pick out a few meals and and go from there. So Mm -hmm. during a time when you don't know what day it is or if it's day or night. Actually, let's go back to sleep for a minute because we know sleep is so important, especially during that time. And yet it's so hard to get when you are the only person making milk. And if the baby is hungry every two hours, that's on you to be awake every two hours to feed the baby. So how do we help people balance um, the demands of on-demand feeding and getting adequate sleep? Like what are some tips there? Yeah, that's a great um, point. And so our typical sleep cycle is 90 minutes. So, um, and that's going through four stages. And so you know, when you sometimes wake up or you're, well, when you're woken up and you're just really dragging and really groggy, it's because you were in the middle of that cycle, that 90 minute cycle. So I would say the best that you can, because typically, you know, post feeding the baby, you, you 
feed the baby, you burp the baby, you, you know, if you change him or her before or after, but typically right after that, the baby will fall asleep, sometimes while nursing, right? So if the mom can, I would say, if you can fit in a 90-minute a solid nap in between those feedings, um, that is ideal. If you can't, I would say a 20 minute, if you can only do a short window, I would do 20 minutes and try not to do more than that. Um, A 20 minute, even like a seated, relaxed meditation will help you um, get some rest and if you can't do the full sleep and the full cycle. So even just that alone will calm um, calm your mind, it will release serotonin, it'll lower cortisol, it'll activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So, you know, sometimes, like transcendental meditation, I'm trained in that. So that will sometimes show um, a deeper rest during meditation than during sleep. So I would give that advice to the new moms if they could do either of those options. That's fantastic because that's realistic. And I've actually been thinking about this. I listened to uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman. I know you're also a big fan. And he has been talking about, it's like NSDR, non-sleep deep rest, I think. And I believe he's referring to like a meditative state or just giving yourself intentional rest time is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And so at least that's actionable. However, but what if you want to do laundry at that time? And what if your <laughs> older child needs you? And what if this is your only time to, like, go on Facebook? And, you know, like, right, the struggle is real. It's real. And those things, yeah. So, like, if you were to do the nursing and then, say, a 20-minute just because the mom's tired, too, right after, right? I mean, that's it's draining <laughs> uh, for the mom. So if that's something that they do right after nursing, then, um, yes, you're right. The laundry still has to get done, and there's good chance there are other kids in the house. So um, I would say trying your best to... Again, not knowing what time it is, it's so it's so easy to just say, but in the evenings, if you can get those 90-minute blocks in between nursing, um, then I would say that would be your best bet. And then a couple of the 20-minute ones that we talked about uh, between breastfeeding during the day. And I, and I say that because you want to try as best as you can to stay in your circadian rhythm that your body is designed to do. So during the day, um, we have that little pineal gland in between our eyebrows. That uh, That's another thing that Dr. Huberman talks about, getting light early in the morning. And that sets your uh, circadian rhythm for the day, and it uh releases cortisol, which we want in the morning. That's our get up and go hormone. But then later on, we want that melatonin to kick in and that's when we start to feel tired. So as much as we can stay with that schedule. So the laundry, the kids, you know, during the day, getting help wherever and however we can (laughs) is important too. Um, But yeah, if we can get as much sleep at night and just try to stay on that schedule. I think that would be best for mom and baby. And you said getting help. And if you think about it, if you are breastfeeding, you are the only one that can do that one particular job. But it's very possible and hopefully true that someone else 
could help with other kids, could prepare meals, could do the laundry, could do all of the other things that don't involve like expressing milk out of your body. <laughs> so it's exactly. this is not the time to be shy. And in general, people do want to be helpful, but they don't always know how to be helpful or to what extent or when. And so just asking for what you need, I think is a good um, is good advice for new moms that I'm I, I agree. Get. Yeah, that's because, like you said, that is the one task you can't delegate. So um, I agree that people in general want to help. And so going back to where we started in, in my story, just asking for help when you need it. And it could be something as simple as can you, you know, take my kid, my other kid to airborne or something (laughs) or drop them off or just, I'm sure there would be another parent or friend that would be happy and and make them feel good inside that they're helping you. So especially if it's a mom who has been where you are, they understand the impact of that small act of kindness can like make or break your entire day. (laughs) Totally. I think they would love, they would be happy to do it, you know. And this brings up another point, um, something I'm thinking a lot about is being a new mom within community. There's such a difference between being a new mom in isolation and feeling like you're part of a larger larger community. You can um, just sort of vent to people who get what you're going through and or you can ask for help or advice. Um, Did you have that kind of community when you were a new mom? Um, I did not. And so that's why I just really, you know, when we met and I just heard about, you know, your company, your program and what your vision is just um, amazing. And like I said, I I really want to help women as well. And I love the idea of this 360 surrounding people with help from recently new moms and moms that have maybe like me that have teenagers and so you have like the personal experience and then you have your doctor then you have your doula or you then you have you know all these you know women um or men doctors could be dads you know are just supporting this community of this new mom or maybe not even a first time mom, but just you're just overwhelmed. And it's a different experience when you have it's your first or when you have two or three at home, right? It's (laughs) it's different. So having that support and having a group to, like you said, vent, to learn from, to share from. I mean, there could be just something that's mentioned in cross conversation that could be the biggest light bulb for someone. So uh, that could have been my experience. I mean, it could have been very possible that had I been part of a group and I had mentioned that, gosh, I'm breastfeeding and it hurts so bad. uh, Someone could have said, oh, maybe her tongue is tied. You know, I would have, I would have really benefited (laughs) from having had that type of support. Mm -hmm. So. Or if you heard this podcast before you had your baby, <laughs> you would have thought, oh, maybe it's tongue tied. Like, it, yeah, it. maybe it is. <laughs> you know, you never know. You hear things and you just sort of tuck it away mm-hmm. for yourself or for someone else that you, you know, mm-hmm. are in conversation with and they're struggling. So just having the platform and this communication and this community is amazing. 
I'm excited. And that's part of the reason for the podcast is hearing a variety of stories. I am very happy to share my experience with my three babies. And even with three babies, I've had, you know, diverse experiences with breastfeeding and birth. Um, But talking to lots of different moms, there's just, and again, you don't know who's listening, who's going to hear the one little tidbit that ends up being really useful for them. And that it's like, if we could do that one time, like this was all worth it, I feel like. Absolutely. And I'm so glad to be living in 2023 and we have iPhones and it's a wonderful time. However, at other points in history or in other cultures, it was the norm that when you had a baby, you were surrounded by other women of different generations who were there to give you advice to take the baby off your hands, um, to take care of the older children. And it was more of a village community model. And then with the pandemic, we saw the extreme opposite where new parents were trapped in their house with a baby, having to figure out everything by themselves. Normally we say, ask for help, reach out, have someone come over and watch the baby so you two can like, you know, take a little bit of a break. And that wasn't an option. So I think that was the kick in the pants. I was like, whoa, like we need to increase the amount of community for new moms no matter what, but post pandemic, like this is so very obvious that it's Mm -hmm. needed. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, I mean, what an extreme that was. And even in the delivery room, sometimes, you know, you couldn't have your partner or, you know, usually you have someone with you. And um, yeah, I I really, having this available is, I think, going to help a lot of people because that was the case. I had, for me, I had my mother and my mother-in-law at my house helping and I needed it. (laughs) I just, you know, just to, just to hold the baby while I go take a shower, you know, that's precious time (laughs) that I would, that I needed, you Mm -hmm. know. I know. I remember getting to the end of the day. It's like, did I shower today? I don't remember. Did I eat today? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Am I wearing the same clothes as two days ago? I think I (laughs) Is right. the baby well fed and rested and their diapers changed? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, like, yeah. I'm doing something here. <laughs> right. Yep. I had the same the same experience. <laughs> Is there are there any parting words, anything that we didn't cover yet today that you want to share with our audience? Um, anything that comes to mind for you? Um, I think you know maybe I didn't call this out earlier, but just. You know, when I talk about sleep and nutrition and exercise, I think from a mental health standpoint, I I keep going back to being patient with yourself. And, you know, we, we oftentimes will feel, especially in a new situation, like things are out of control. And I think just taking, you know, a deep breath and only looking at maybe the next immediate task or in the next hour or in the next like otherwise it can be really overwhelming if you think I need to clean the whole house and I have all these errands to run and I have this and that I think that just keeping um keeping things in check being patient with yourself and loving yourself through this and knowing that, you know, you and your baby through breastfeeding are giving your baby the best gift that you can. So um, I would say that. 
That's great advice. And be patient with yourself and focus at the task on the task at hand. Be present. That's advice that someone can apply even if they're still pregnant or not pregnant yet or, you know, the baby's older. Um, that's something I love. The more I dive into what's useful for supporting uh, a woman's health in the breastfeeding stage, most of that is also helpful during pregnancy, before <laughs> pregnancy, after after uh, postpartum. So right. um, that's kind of nice. It's like everything you're learning now to take care of your body during this specific season and, um, and how you're learning to relate to your baby, it's going to translate. It's going to continue to pay dividends if you put in the time now to learn how to take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Doing that now and then, be, I mean, you're now a role model for that baby. So, right. yeah. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for coming in today and speaking with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Spilling the Milk. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and a new episode will land automatically in your feed once we release it. Please also share with anyone you think would also enjoy our podcast. You can follow us at Empowered Bumps and Boobs on Instagram and Facebook. And you can visit empoweredbumpsandboobs.com to subscribe to our newsletter and stay updated on all the great things we have coming out. Very specifically, we have Breastfeeding Bootcamp launching soon. And if you subscribe to our list, you'll be the first to know when enrollment is open. Thank you so much and take great care.